This is In the Know for Thursday, November 11, the 315th day of 2021. There are 50 days left in the year. This is Veterans Day. Good morning, MB, guiding you through In the Know at K105 on Litchfield's Country Station, 1039 The Moose. Live online at K105.com via the Apple and Android smartphone app using the SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify podcast on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitter. And the hashtag is in the know. Coming up today, we honor veterans. Also cover the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the Commonwealth, and the country. That and a whole lot more coming up today here on In The Know. Settling into my left, rolling Mach 9 with her hair on fire. Is my beautiful wife, the beautiful girl. It's Beach. Good morning, sweetheart. Good morning. How you doing? I'm good. That always gives me cold chills. Yeah. Yeah. Especially today when that school yeah. choir sings mm-hmm. that. And I know you were responsible for mm-hmm. getting Alea ready for school today and yes. uh, decorating her in red, white, and blue so yes. she can uh, pay honor to veterans. It has to be an interesting an interesting day for uh, a five-year-old, you know, when they learn for the, you know, they get old enough to start to learn, like, what is this and why do we do it? And it's just part of the education to make sure that our younger generation doesn't forget. So it's my understanding that at 8 o'clock this morning they did the reverse parade yeah yeah. so the kids were outside and the veterans drove through and all the kids waved at them i'm gonna cry talking about it (laughs) yeah veterans drive there i mean and what a way just all you had to do is drive by what a wonderful uh sentiment that was and morning and happy to have veterans day celebrations back this year uh, after last year was so much uh, different. He is the five-time winner of the coveted Ohio NewsHawk Award. He's the two-time Silver Sound nominee, covering every corner of the globe, London, Moscow, Paris, and even Litchfield. He's Sam Gormley and the sports. Morning, Sam. Morning, <coughs> morning, Ralph. Sorry. <laughs> How you that doing? That? You, found, you, good. you found your frog again, I was going to say, you? I thought I'd lost it. I was expecting that um, I might be a little froggy today, so uh, you, pre- you don't know it. Well, she knows it. And maybe well, a I'll couple people it. know it, yeah. So I'm having ear trouble. I can only hear out of one ear. But uh, And then right on time, I got my uh, COVID booster yesterday, so I've been monitoring. Do I still feel okay? Like, am I having any Am I <laughs> having any symptoms or anything? So, so far, so good, uh, except for, you know. You haven't grown a third ear yet? I have not grown a third ear yet, so I'm happy about that. And I doubt that I very much doubt that I'm going to. Why is it Veterans Day? It is Veterans Day. Because Veterans Day marks the date when Germany and the Allies signed a 1918 agreement to end World War I hostilities. Uh, the fighting ceased on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, according to historians. And then um, this Veterans Day grew out of Armistice Day or Remembrance Day. And so uh, we celebrate all those who have served in, uh, in one of the service branches of our, uh, of our nation. And so it's, you know, different than Memorial Day. Memorial Day is for those who gave their lives in service to our country um, um, through the ultimate sacrifice. Veterans Day is for anyone who ever wore the uniform. And we celebrate you today. And as we always do, uh, I want to um, I want to celebrate all five branches of the service. Uh, I know many, many veterans. I, I, I know many, many are gathered here today. They're friends, they're acquaintances, and so I don't, I don't intend to leave anyone out. But I thank my dad for his service in the U.S. Air Force, 
and I thank my Uncle Hub for his service in the U.S. Army. Those are two that I feel like that I must mention, but again, there are so many others, Sheriff Chaffins, Debbie Timmer, et cetera. I could keep going down the list, uh, and there I started down the rabbit hole, and now I'm going <laughs> to leave somebody out. So just want you to know, veterans, you are all on my mind today, and you all have uh, the gratitude of all of us. So let's, uh, let's salute all the branches of the U.S. Armed Forces. We'll start with the U.S. Coast Guard. Good morning and thank you to the United States Air Force. Gratitude, we say good morning to the United States Navy. Semper Fi to the United States Marine Corps. States Army. five service branches of uh, our nation to all those who have served. Uh, thanks will never be enough, but it will uh, it'll have to do because that's about all we can do is offer our thanks and be gracious to uh, those who serve in the U.S. Coast Guard, U.S. Air Force, U.S. Navy, the U.S. Marines, 
and the U.S. Army. So thank you. You see lots of celebrations throughout uh, the day today. Unfortunately, the weather forecast isn't um, matching what uh, what should be deserving of our veterans. We're going to see the weather going downhill from here forward throughout the day. A band of steady rain will arrive and uh, should move in any time now and should exit by about 4 o'clock this afternoon. But we'll see some uh, gusty winds today and again tomorrow afternoon and into the evening. Cloudy and cold for much of the area. Saturday as well, quick-hitting system moves in with more wind and light rain uh, Sunday afternoon through Monday morning. So yuck for a yucky weekend. Uh, rain and wind, 100% chance, a high of 67 today, partly cloudy, 42 afternoon showers for Friday, windy conditions, and a high of 55. So saw a note in the house that said uh, park on Friday. So uh, <laughs> make sure there's a raincoat and a yeah. – uh, so, uh, I did my best. Yeah, Leo wants to go to the park on Friday. It's going to be one of the, you know, the last few days. So just Tomorrow. be prepared. Just dress mm-hmm. accordingly. And uh, you might still be able to do Yesterday that. Yesterday would have been the day for it. Yesterday well, was the day. But we tried, but it was going to get dark too soon. Mm-hmm, so yeah. she would have had about seven minutes. You know, do you want treats or right. do you want to go to the park? Pick which one you want. And, you know, treats most of the time wins out. So yeah. after a day below the uh, critical spread category for Grayson County, we did slide back into the red category yesterday. Uh, our incidence rate uh, moved back up to 25.9. Uh, Hart County was also at 27.8. Breckenridge County at 44.6. As I mentioned yesterday, when you have such low populations and you're basing this on a scale of 100,000, you know, on a per capita, it can be misleading. And when you teeter-totter on that line, when you are around 25, then you can easily end up below or above the watermark on a daily basis. The trick will be to get under it and then get further under it the next day and further under it the next day from there. So I don't think uh, all it does just say that yesterday we took a step in the wrong direction from a numbers standpoint, but uh, probably... Not a big step, though. Not, I mean, it was yeah, not, not just a, straddling that not line. A, not a big step step at all you got to get away from the line is what mm-hmm. is that's the key you got to get away from it and then try to get down to the next line you know it's like be like the orange and stay in the orange and then let's strive for uh yellow yesterday the governor reported 1937 new cases 42 deaths again we're talking about the you know the death toll number still uh remaining high 5.37 was yesterday's positivity rate for kentucky which is down about four tenths of a point so that's good. And we saw um, hospitalizations held steady at uh, 688. It was actually up one. But 70, 175 ICUs down 21, 112 on ventilators, which is down from nine. And obviously the ventilator category is the worst category. So, you know, that's the one where, unfortunately, you're one step away from moving into a, a far worse category. And so if we can get that ventilator number down, you know, and get it and just make it non-existent, then we'll be, you know, improving situation for uh, lots of Kentuckians. I, I can't I can't go anywhere uh, or can't look at any outlet the last 24 hours and not see uh, people sharing, looking for a Hart County woman and mom who has been missing since dropping her kid off at school, her child off at school on Tuesday. 27-year-old Erica Burden of Bonneville dropped her child off at school Tuesday morning, has not been seen or heard from since. She was last seen wearing a burgundy sweatshirt, distressed blue jeans, and leopard crocs. If you have information, state police would love to have it. 270-782-2010. You know, from t- we we have people that vanish and, 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 and still not found it just... It's unbelievable how 
in this day and age where we have um, so many cameras, surveillance cameras, and, and everybody's uh, got one of these, like everything's too in their being pocket documented. Thing, where you know, it's, yeah, everybody's got a cell phone. It just is amazing to me how um, how this can how this can happen, and um, I, I just hope that we find. We find answers. Um, I saw an unconfirmed report. Again, this is not part of our official report, but uh, I saw someone repeating what they learned from another report that maybe her her vehicle was found at the school. Like they they found her vehicle, so but they, they but she's missing. So then you know it it rules out she drove away. Rules out that she you know got lost or had a car accident or whatever. Yeah, there've been a lot of reports, but police haven't said anything. Yeah, it's so again I don't. I know exactly what I just told you before mm-hmm. I said I had an unconfirmed report. So uh, beyond that, I I don't know. But I think a lot of people in this region, you know, um, um, are really, really concerned. Uh, feasibility study to determine whether Litchfield would benefit from a hotel has been completed. The comprehensive hotel market feasibility study was completed by the core distinction group. It suggested an upper to mid-scale property between 50 and 60 rooms would make good business sense in Litchfield. This comes out of uh, Litchfield Tourism's office and the uh, director, Elsa Johnson, there said this study was a good investment for the community of Litchfield. We knew Litchfield was losing guests to surrounding communities, but we needed to have a third party confirm it. This new hotel will bring back thousands of dollars each month to Litchfield. Um, you know, when stories like this come out, uh, everyone, everybody's an expert all of a sudden and, um, and snark comes out and I like, I get it. Um, here's what I mean by snark who needed a study to know that. Well, I will tell you who needs a study hotels. It's hoteliers who are looking at it and going, I'm not, I can't take your word for it just because you're convinced that your community can support it doesn't mean that. That it can. I'm going to need some data from an independent source that says this is a good business decision for for me. Do we as citizens know it? Sure, we see it, we feel it, we we understand that. So a great facility like our aquatic center, that complex, the aquatic center, the veterans memorial, the uh, city park, and then the new uh, baseball softball complex is a magnet that can draw teams in, the suburb, in yeah, from 100%. all over the all over the country and maybe or all over the state and maybe even all over the nation or neighboring states. But if they don't have a place to house themselves for a weekend tournament where they can come in on a Friday and stay until a Sunday, then that puts Litchfield at a competitive disadvantage because it's all about the housing. So if you said, well, yeah, you can do that. I mean, some of you can stay here, but you, the early bird gets the worm in the limited rooms we have. But after that, you've got to uh, hoof it up the parkway 25 miles. But guess what? There's a major baseball softball complex there and soccer complex, too, that once they get up there and they go, hey, there's a ballpark a lot closer here if we just stay. So you these things have to work in tandem. But it also means that you have to have – you can't survive on Little League parents <laughs> and Little League teams – for three months out of the year, what happens right four now. months out of the year, right? You've got to have other facilities, which might mean venues, uh, entertainment venues, so that you could have small concerts of twenty-five to thirty-five hundred people, or so. All these things have to work together. And I will t- tell you, there are a lot. I know a lot of people in Grayson County who've lived here, with, you know, except for three or four years, I lived here my entire life. So, better over forty-five years that I've lived in this community. Lots of people have lots of different tastes. Just because you think that our community could support an outback restaurant doesn't mean it's so. You know, well, we need restaurants. We need this and we need that. Movie theater. Well, I don't even want to get into that. (laughs) No, I don't. You say 
the metrics, the studies determine people, business people aren't dumb. If it made financial sense to open a full-scale restaurant in this community, like if the evidence was borne out and said, absolutely, this community can support one of those, it would ha- it would happen. And I'm not saying it won't happen, but it will happen. But it's not a matter of, like, I didn't wake up yesterday and go, you know what would be a good idea? A steakhouse? A, a Cracker Barrel. There's a reason Cracker Barrel is not here yet. Will they get here? Eventually they will. So we're all striving toward the same end. Like we're all we I hope that we all have paddles and we're rowing in that direction, but maybe our boat's just not there yet. But a, a, you know, if a if a hotel makes sense for a hotelier that wants to come in and do it, great. It's just one part of the puzzle that we need. Well, no, it said that story said that they have a hotel that might be interested, correct? And or they've yeah, and they, well, I think they were closer to a deal uh-huh. in 2018 uh, for some some property on Radford Way. But I'm convinced until you make a shortcut over to that portion of the byway, if you're not near the Parkway interchange, then your hotel is at a disadvantage. You mm-hmm. you need to be within sight of the Parkway, and I don't know that you've got to go all the way into the byway to backtrack and come out. You you basically need a yellow brick road from the exit of the Parkway that rolls into the front door of this facility. That's kind of what you what you need. And if you if you travel I sixty five a lot, you'll see that a lot of places where hotels spring up, you'll see a smaller restaurant, maybe a franchise that you know that will go adjacent to it because mm-hmm. it knows I can at least draw from these, in this case, 50 to 60 rooms. Well, I know whenever I stay in a hotel, that's usually the first place I'll eat <laughs> is the one right next door because I can, yeah, absolutely. I don't have to get back I in my car. I can over there and That's absolutely. Uh-huh. So it's, it's, this is an ecosystem, right? And, and our community is on the precipice of breaking through to the other side of that. I just think, you know, snark, snark, Listen, I know snark. I can do snark. In fact, some people might call me snarky mark. But snark doesn't help in this particular I like that particular nickname. case. Uh, By the way, I stumbled on that Saturday. Somebody told me they wanted something snarky from me, and I said, you mean snarky mark? I like that. Snarky mark and that the snarky like, bunch. Sounds like a, a <laughs> DJ name. Yeah. It could have been. I missed. Uh, yeah, you uh, missed a big opportunity. I, I got named before Marky Mark came on the scene. Uh, otherwise, I probably would have gotten Snarky Mark. Republican lawmakers hope to wrap up work relatively soon on a plan to redraw congressional and legislative boundaries in Kentucky. They've been they're trying to get redistricting put to bed so that it's not a distraction in the uh, legislative session next year. But you know, there's a lot of redistricting draws claws out from people like don't take don't don't go messing with my district and you've got population shift pop, the well, rural population is shifting it is weird that you know congressman guthrie has bowling green but he also has danville uh yeah talk to james comer though yeah yeah well <laughs> I mean, and i was getting into that like <laughs> it, it, james comer has kevill you know, in far western kentucky he has, but he also has jamestown he doesn't has he? cape Girardeau and jamestown yeah you know it's just it just doesn't uh, well what's across from Cape Girardeau in those areas. So it doesn't make sense. So at some point in time, you've got to reset. These things get gerrymandered and spread out. And finally you go, all right, let's just, let's just redraw these in circles or in shapes that look familiar. What are those Rorschach tests? 
you know those di- you know the like, way yeah. those districts look look like those ink blots that you see on paper and Ooh. go what does that look like i think that's a rorschach test but it looks these weird shapes that no one would recognize uh but if you're a congressperson uh, if you if you're in the legislature or you're a congressperson you don't want to you've developed these relationships with your constituents you don't want to just sever all your ties because it's like going to a new school on the first day and trying to fit in well it's kind of like Jamie Comer, you mentioned him. He's based in Jamestown, isn't he? Or in that area? He's in uh, he's in Tompkinsville, which is Monroe County. Correct. Yes, he's from so Monroe if County. if you draw the line and give that to Brett Guthrie, what's he going to do? That's absolutely right. But they're all spread out, so that's my you know that's if uh, Jamie Comer he knows he's going he can go in Callaway County and he's known and but all of a sudden if you change it. It, that's why that's why they don't want to give anything up. But they're all in the room going, uh-uh, I don't want to give anything up. And so compromise goes out the window, especially when it's not done in public or in the in the light of day. You know, mm-hmm. that's where it becomes really problematic is like, uh, no. So you end up with these weird looking districts or he or she who has the least power gets the ugliest looking district is kind of you know, how that works. But anyway, got to get to a break. It's Veterans Day. We'll come back. Got plenty more on the way. Hang around here on In the Know. Originally was Remembrance Day, so commemorating the end of World War II at the uh, 11 a.m., the 11th day of the 11th month in 1918. Uh, it's also known in other portions of the globe as Armistice Day, so you, depending upon your source, may hear it referred to as that. But Veterans Day, the uh, annual observance renamed in 1954, the day now honors all American military veterans. So the Armistice of World War II was signed on this day. But in 1954, we changed it to include all veterans of all wars of the United States of America. And a quick schedule change to tell you about uh, because of the rain that's moving in and it's turned, you know, yuckier in the last few minutes. uh, Clarkson has decided to do something different with their event this morning. Uh, What changes are they making? So it's the dedication of the Clarkson Veteran Memorial and... They were scheduled originally to do it at the park at 10 a.m. this morning, but they have uh, changed locations to City Hall. All right. In their nice community room there at uh, the new City Hall in Clarkson is where they're on that. Uh, Uh, If you're with us live, that's uh, in about half an hour, so you still have time to uh, alter your course and be part of that event. As I mentioned, it's uh, good to have in-person Veterans Day services uh, uh, back and involved again, so good to hear. I did run across the weekend funny tweets, a couple of uh, tweets to pass along to you that were of note to me. This, Any of yours make it? This no, week? I haven't haven't made it, haven't made it in there yet. Still trying for the tweet Hall of Fame. Um, a lot of people. These are from people who now work from home. 
A lot of people doing that. Uh, Pia Lentini says, my partner and I have been working from home since March 2020, and he finally politely informed me that my typing sounds like 50 hungry woodpeckers trying to eat a keyboard. (laughs) Mm, Soft touch, soft touch. Uh, Vanessa Guerrero says, my husband heard me raise my voice and say, per my last email on a Zoom meeting, and working from home means him learning I'm a per my last email person. <laughs> yeah, it can be revealing. David Max says, the great thing about working from home is you get to absorb your partner's job and stresses in addition to your own. So it's like a whole other job that I don't get paid for. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. And then this one is from a group of pet owners. Uh, Diego Lopez said, impressing a girl who owns a cat... On our date by eating so fast I throw up. Why do cats do that? <laughs> oh. Well, did, did you see the the clip from the UK game yesterday? Uh, the UK Duke I game? I did see that yesterday. <laughs> well, see, the funny thing is, is I missed that moment. But I saw, I, mean, I must have looked down at my phone and looked up right after it had happened. Because I saw that they were laughing hysterically in the background. But I had uh-huh. missed as to what was so funny. And I later found out as to why. Yeah, we don't want to show you. No. Just look it up online if you want to. But serves them right. If you know, you know. That's yeah. That's my thing. It serves them right because they were trying to be sharp. Look at me on TV so, drinking some good beer, not knowing, right? Yeah, they're drinking beer behind the TV announcers, and he was trying to chug it, cutting and up, and so it was clearly one of his first tries. If you've ever oh, chugged dear. something and it went wrong, you know what might have happened, and so it did. And he couldn't have been twenty-one or no, much older. He was definitely, he probably picked up somebody's. Half empty left. I'm behind. just curious how he got those tickets because those are t- can't be. Don't, that wasn't after the game, you know, when it no, clears no, out and no, they let you was, roam around. It was halftime, maybe. Interesting. Okay. Well, maybe those people went to the snack bar or something, and those people like moved. So he in. just took up the the half of the. Maybe. They were getting a replacement. I got an interesting story yesterday from um a, a report that says, "Where does your Thanksgiving food come from?" And I thought it was sort of interesting on the things we'll be eating for Thanksgiving. We know Idaho makes potatoes. You know, we we know what. But some of these I didn't know. Minnesota is the leading producer of turkey, followed by Arkansas. Your favorite state. The yucky. I bet that's the nasty turkey. That's all dark meat. Yuck. And then uh, North Carolina is third. I'll take the North Carolina turkey over over the Arkansas turkey. I love that. All those are not like close to one another. I know. Just give me. I'll just take the Minnesota turkey, since they're the leader. I'll take them. And there's. I don't have any great reason to not like Minnesota. No. Potatoes are primarily grown in Idaho and Washington State, the two states accounting for more than half of the nation's potato production. So if you don't get an Idaho potato, ask for a Washington one. Sweet potatoes are primarily grown in the South. With uh, North Carolina topping the list, followed by Mississippi and California. Is California the South? No. (laughs) Southern California. (laughs) Yeah. Green bean production is nominated by Wisconsin. Really? I wouldn't have Mm -hmm. have guessed that. The cranberry is a native wetland plant that likes cool weather, so it's primarily grown in Wisconsin. Massachusetts, Oregon, and New Jersey. Can it, would, is it okay that I would, it's on my bucket list that I would like to wear hip waders and stand in a pool of 
cranberries oh, like, like they the, do on the commercial. the commercial. I would love that. I don't know why. I'm down with that. Yeah, put, like, put the boots on. Yeah. That's actually something uh, I would do with you. Hip waders, you got to have bibs on oh, up yeah. to you so you can stand in there and just see you're standing in a pool of cranberries. Something about that feels, I don't know how to describe it. There you go. There's, his, bir- there's his birthday present for, for this year. Uh, <laughs> find a way to make it happen. <laughs> Illinois. Now, I don't want somebody to like put up a swimming pool in the front yard and say, "Here's your cranberry." <laughs> we were gonna I want to go to where I want to go to a native cranberry. We farm. were going to stream that live too. <laughs> Illinois is the pumpkin capital of the United States, producing more than the next six states combined. Interesting. Washington State is the center. You won't be surprised. Washington State grows the most apples. Georgia is the most pecans, of course. California is the only state with a sizable harvest of Brussels sprouts. I do. I have grown to enjoy those. If they're cooked right. I agree. Field corn and sweet corn are produced in different parts of the country. Washington tops the sweet corn production table, while Iowa, no surprise, leads in field corn. And, of course, cheese production is dominated by Wisconsin, followed by California and Idaho. Uh, Yeah, that makes... That makes sense. I guess, uh, you know, here uh, in Kentucky, you know, we're leading in chicken. You know, we've got you know, a lot of, lot of poultry farms. Bourbon. Uh, and, and that. But I think that we do, uh, I think Kentucky is big in beef. And I think Kentucky is big in poultry. But I think we do a lot of soy um and then I think we do a lot of corn, but hard to do it on the level that maybe they're maybe they're uh, doing it. But we have a little more diversified agricultural base, I think. You get some different climates in our state. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and then this headline. Is, so we're, by the way, two weeks from Thanksgiving, uh, two weeks from today. And I'm not going to blame the people that visit our home because it's not their fault. I'm going to blame our home. It's our home's fault the way that it's designed. But this headline stood out to me. How because you may you may uh, commiserate with this. How to keep people out of your kitchen on Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard in our in trying if you're trying to yeah. prepare a meal and trying to do it all. My parents' house. There's no way. Oh, it's it's right the open floor plan. So yeah, it kind of walk through and it all. And then okay, you got to go over here to get ice and the drinks mm-hmm. and the. And then you're so you're, and then somebody's got to, and people want to gather at the bottom of the mm-hmm. steps, and so there's always a traffic jam there. And it's like if you're the one that's in the kitchen and responsible for putting the meal on the table, you just want to tell everybody, get away from me, like get on your side, and stay there. But how to keep people out of your kitchen for Thanksgiving? Set up drinks and snacks in another room. It, it's like any other attractant or magnet. People will congregate around where they are. It's like you put those lights out, the bug zappers. <laughs> yeah, draw the bugs away. Yeah. Uh, get a heat lamp and take it outside. Not a bad idea. Yeah, my, my parents have a covered porch. It's be nice. Like hand out cigars. Say, why don't you take that outside and smoke? Say, you forgot to mention tobacco for Kentucky. I mean, depending on your Thanksgiving, you might have a some tobacco in there for for your cigar, right? Um. Uh, well, I, we're still producing some tobacco, but we still I, got some. Not very much. Um, <laughs> here's the one I like, and I and I think Miss Buckles, you serve as mine on this. Assign a bouncer to keep people out. 
<laughs> like you need one person and their job is to shoe people yep. out of the kitchen. A, I'm good at that. There's always the one person in the family, you know, that, that mm-hmm. uh, got to yeah, be right there in the middle of it. Typically me. Set up other activities. <laughs> All right. Ooh, projects. We're going to do a project. <laughs> That's good. Do it. Devise a list of jobs ahead of time. Yeah. If, listen, since you don't have anything to do, why don't you go over there and sweep the patio off? You know, or whatever. Or, and right. ice and cups or. Yeah. Uh, Sam, I didn't get to tell you. I thought about sharing it on Monday, but on Sunday, I put Alea to work uh, with the shop vac in the garage, vacuuming up leaves, and she loved it. And so we have a picture of her with the shop vac. And so we said child labor, but Mm -hmm. OSHA would object to her age. But I did make sure that she wore ear protection. So she's okay. got headphones on. Okay, that's all. She had my back. bows. And so I said, OSHA will be furious at the at her age, but they'll say, bravo on the ear protection. Mm-hmm. I asked her after she had done it for a while, I said, you want me to take over? And she said, no, can I keep going? Like yeah, she wants to. <laughs> she wants to. She wants to suck those leaves up in the. So you can find jobs like that to put people to work doing. Uh, try not to look frazzled. I try hard, but I don't know that I always succeed. And then you can just tell them to scram. Get out. If you want to eat, get out the way. Get away from me. Mm-hmm. And then don't say, is there anything I can do to help unless you really want any job I'm willing to assign you? Agreed. I understand you're trying to be helpful and you're trying to be nice, but you may get, you just may get something you don't want to do. But remember, you asked. So if you had just gone sat in the living room, then no one would have. <laughs> you might have gotten a better job. Heinz Gravy is releasing their first ever children's book, Grace and the Gravy Pirates, for this Thanksgiving. And so there it is. It's a storybook. It's about uh, Heinz Gravy for Thanksgiving. And they have gone so far as they will have Grace and her gravy boat set sail through the streets of Manhattan during the 95th Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade oh, that's awesome. from New York. So uh, I guess it's a new character that they're creating. And so there you go. They're Grace and the Gravy Pirates. I, I, I love gravy. Okay. I love gravy, but it's kind of weird. Does it come with some gravy? It better. Better have a packet <laughs> inside it. we got to get to a break. We'll come back. It's Veterans Day here on In the Know. Did you know, in 1952, Einstein, yes, Albert Einstein, not Ralph Einstein, Albert uh, Albert Einstein, called income taxes the most difficult thing to understand. (laughs) That's something when Einstein says it's difficult to understand it, what are we supposed to do? Call your dad. That's exactly (laughs) why, and thank you. Thank you for the complicated tax code that fed me most of my life. So thank you very much for uh, that. Uh, it was Kentucky night on the CMA Awards. Pretty. We, speaking of that, last night I was sitting in bed and it was up on my Hulu. And I didn't have my glasses on. And I can't really see the TV that well without my glasses on. And I could have sworn it said it was the CPA Awards. <laughs> it was, it was like, accounting day, was as just, you heard yesterday. Yes, I know. So and I was kind of like, wow, what an exciting <laughs> award ceremony. Um, Chris Stapleton took six at the CMA Awards. 
and then I think he also performed. Uh, I love his song "Starting Over." Uh, it's been they're just. It matter of fact, back uh, earlier in the year when Stephen Miller was here for uh, East Main Market, he did that song for us on the air, and um, that was only in the, like the third or fourth time that I had heard it, and I just thought what a really great song it was. I did see a tweet last night. I was watching something else, but I saw a tweet that said, "Just give all the awards to Chris Stapleton." Um, I'm like, okay, um, proud. I mean, he's not doesn't currently live in Kentucky, but he's a Kentuckian. And Carly Pierce also won last night, uh, Kentuckian. She won Female Vocalist of the Year. She edged out Maren Morris and Ashley McBride and Miranda Lambert and Gabby Barrett, so good for her. Luke Combs won Entertainer of the Year. Uh, Chris Stapleton starting over won Single of the Year, Album of the Year, Song of the Year. Uh, He won Male Vocalist of the Year. Old Dominion won Group of the Year. Brothers Osborne duo of the year, and then that uh, Half My Hometown song, Kelsey Ballerini did pretty well. Jimmy Allen won Best New Artist. So it was a good night for Kentucky. Uh, In advance of the one night only with Adele on Sunday, there's a new promo out there. So instead of that, just one clip that even I'm tired of, uh, there's a more of a full uh, interview promo with uh, her event on Sunday. And uh, something that was revealed, a little teaser that they revealed out of the uh, interview with Oprah, it's about her 2015 smash, Hello. You'll remember this time and six years ago, it was everywhere you turned. When you get uh, satirized by Saturday Night Live, you know you've really done something. But she said, when I wrote it, it was a real ode to little me, older me, all of these things, it's just a song about, like, I'm still here. Hi, I'm still here. I still exist in every aspect of my life. So, you know, hello from the other side. What does that mean? Hello, it's me. What does that mean? And she's just she was just writing it to herself. So it was kind of cathartic in a way and probably one of the biggest songs of, uh, of all time. And uh, it is so nice to see Adele love. Right. It is so wonderful to see <laughs> one it. Adele like I, showing love for another Adele. Like I told you, our family found Adele before anybody else. Because yeah. my dad was walking through mm-hmm. the aisle and saw the album and had to buy it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I will buy, it for for every Adele Adkins album I buy, I will buy an Adele Gormley album Adkins. if one album exists. <laughs> You'd have to ask her. I will show. I will show no preferential treatment between the Adels. So, one for the I other. I just love her. Eli Manning was hit with three <laughs> FCC complaints of flipping the double bird during the Manning cast on uh, Monday. Um. So, well, I saw one of those FCC complaints was clearly a joke. Yes. Because I read it. I don't know if it's in there, but I read it that said, well, I'm from Philadelphia and, you know, I don't really like him anyways or something. Aren't all of the complaints probably from Eagles fans? Because what they were doing. He was making fun of Eagles fans. Here's the genesis of it is they said when you would go to Philadelphia and play, a nine-year-old kid would be in the crowd when you walked out giving you the double bird. And so Peyton dare, basically dares him and says, "Show us what show us what you see." And so he, rather than giving someone the double bird, he threw he he did pause. He said, "Can we do that?" And then he finally did. 
But the complaints, listen, I'm not a fuddy-duddy. I, I think we've lost civility in broadcast. Like, I don't like words that I hear. Even on common stations, well, I go, That's the stop same. saying P-I-S-S on the radio and things like that. Just Can't we just go back to where we don't have to say those words? Like, it's pretty common now on radio. We hear D-A-M-N. Do we have to? Like, is that actually adding to our culture? But I don't mind him doing this if he's saying what he saw some kid do to him when he went to the stadium in Philadelphia. And that's a, it's not even the worst thing that's been said. When they had Marshawn Lynch on a couple that's weeks ago. That's absolutely right. You've got NASCAR <laughs> drivers that are dropping bombs. and But I also wondered, it's a cable channel. It's not it's, – it's regulated differently. But do they have to put the warning – do they have to put the rating at the beginning of it that changes the rules? Like for radio, I know what the radio rules are, but you've got broadcast TV, which you supposedly can't do certain things on, but then you've got cable, and seemingly you can do about anything you want to on cable. So that kind of brought me back to thinking that whoever is whining about this is just a Philadelphia fan. Mm-hmm. It's And it's funny. And I mean... It is funny. Absolutely. Uh, now it's a meme, too. I think words and gestures like that are with intention. It's it's how you intend them, because you can say certain words, but if you're not using them like in a cursing faction, fashion or you're using it's them to like describe something. It's not like he said, hey, America, hey, Philadelphia. That, that's that's exactly right. He you. was not telling somebody where to go and how to get there. He was saying, here's what, you know, here's what happened to me. So it's just like, just... Just go back to your cheesesteak and I just love the apology and... that Peyton Manning had to make afterwards, too. It's like, yeah, you might have yeah, seen that. Like... I know we're not supposed to do that. Uh, like Rick Burgess says, we're living in such a fake world, right? We fake outrage. We fake. It's just it's fake. we got to get to a break. We'll come back. It's Veterans Day here on In the Know. for today. Will this be the year that people move on from turkey as the staple of Thanksgiving? Because the one, the turkey price hike, I'm going to find out this afternoon the availability of turkeys. Luckily, I have a couple of frozen away and a deep freeze, so if I can't get fresh ones, I still can rally. But will, how many people will say, turkey's too hard, we're going to do something else, and then they'll do their Thanksgiving tradition changes, and all of a sudden, they are, you know, more in Sam's camp and say, eh, I'm indifferent about turkey. Like, I'm since my mom's watching, she'll back it up. I think if it was up to us, we'd change it. We'd yeah. do something different, I think. To uh I don't, I don't know. Brisket. So <laughs> now that, that I would like. Baby back ribs. I'll my little brother would baby definitely back, baby back. Yeah. But uh, maybe we get some. Mon- how about some Montgomery in ribs there? Mm, would that, that would good. that make you uh, switch to switch your Thanksgiving? Any ribs can be Montgomery rim rib, Montgomery in ribs at our house. You just put the sauce on them. And say, yep. mm, that's good. Uh, turkeys are set for a sharp price increase this year. The average wholesale turkey cost of a turkey weighing between eight and sixteen pounds is thirteen percent more at the same time last year. So. Let's just do hamburgers and hot dogs for Thanksgiving. I, I'd be sold. No, thank you. I'd be sold. Nope. How about T-bone, ribeye? That's fine. I mean, you could do lots of those. It just doesn't. 
I guess I could do a, uh, I don't know, I could slow cook something. It might be all right. We've been doing white chicken chili for Christmas, and I like that. I can at least make it through one more Thanksgiving with birds because I'm I was <laughs> I properly I properly stocked up. What's the shelf life on a frozen turkey? Deep frozen, I mean, deep deep frozen turkey. Well, what is it? Uh, three pounds for every one day. To, to four pounds a day. Four I, pounds a day. The thawing will be no problem. I'm thawing just it. one trying to figure out how good it's going to be when it gets thawed. Of course, if you're going to fry it, it doesn't. Well, really don't you need like buffalo buffalo turkey? Yeah, in the fryer too. Mm-hmm. He does. It's good. Uh, Christmas cookie challenge is on television tonight. The season five premiere on the Food Network. And variety salute to service. Voices magnified. Powering through on the History Channel. It's not your turn. You hush. Um, yeah, so holiday specials, you know, we're going to cycle into that mode. Today's highlight in history, this date in 1620, 41 pilgrims aboard the, aboard the Mayflower, anchored off Massachusetts, signed a compact calling for a body politic. 1921, the remains of an unidentified American service member were interred in a tomb of the unknown soldier at Arlington National Cemetery in a ceremony presided over by President Warren G. Harding. Have you been? Tomb of the Unknowns? Yes, I have. It is one of the most reverent and somber experiences that you will ever see. And then there are those videos that show you during torrential downpours. I mean, it's always guarded. There's always a always a sentry. And just to see people standing out in snowstorms and guarding that tomb, it's just when you think about it twenty four seven, it is just it is it is amazing. I mean, and it will to be there on a day like today, you know, like, well, not just a dreary day, but on Veterans Day and like the symbolism of the Tomb of the Unknowns, it's a, wow. Birthdays today. Fuzzy Zeller is 70. Stanley Tucci is 61. Demi Moore is 59. Callista Flockhart is 57. Carson Kressley is 52. Leonardo DiCaprio is 47 today. And musician John Batiste, uh, John Batiste from uh, the Late Show Stephen Colbert is 35 today. Gone but not forgotten, the uh, Abigail Smith Adams in 1744, former first lady. Uh, Fyodor Dostoevsky, Dostoevsky, the political revolutionary, was born in 1821. George Patton in 1885. Chart toppers. Let's go to 1961 and see if we can find Brenda Lee. A song about me. This is another one that it's weird to her, hear her not singing Christmas music. It's called Fool Number One. <laughs> I could be Fool Number Two. I don't even. I would. I would be being immodest if I assumed that I was the best fool. Mm-hmm. Now, I think I should probably just go ahead and just take. I'm it's like the thing second, one, thing two. I'm the second best fool because somebody surely is better than me at it. Look, I'm a fool, but I'm humble. <laughs> is that, is that why you're number two? Yes, I guess. <laughs> your humbleness you brings you down a uh, little bit. 1970, James Taylor, number one Susanna with Fire and Rain. Plans, they may put an end to you. All right. Oh, you didn't play nearly enough. Trying to get, I know, trying to get through as many chart toppers as possible. Because you played a lot more Brenda Lee than 
Maybe we should have. But I'm a fool. You decorated my life number one this date, 1979. Great year. Love this song. Kenny Rogers. Anybody could see all the changes in me. I'm sorry that I didn't get to the chorus. Oh, the Escape Club number one, Wild West in 88. There it is right there, Sam. Yep. Tomb of the Unknowns. It's on television right now. I've been there, yeah. Let's go to 1997. Leanne Rhymes number one with How Do I Live. They at least have one of those little shacks down there, you know, at the far side Mm -hmm. where when they're there in the middle of the night and it's icing and it's all that they've got. Justin Timberlake, number one. I love with how still they are. It almost looks like it's a picture and not video, Mm -hmm. how they just don't move. And then in 2015, Justin Bieber was, what do you mean? All right. Thank you, veterans. So as I said in the beginning, um, it's not enough, but it'll have to be because all we can do is give you our thanks for what you've done for our nation to uh, help help uh, protect the freedoms that we have. So, um, again, thank you, and uh, hopefully we all celebrate accordingly today. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today in war. There are no unwounded soldiers. In war, there are no unwounded soldiers. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Remember, God loves you, and I do too. If you don't know Jesus, let me know, and I'll introduce you. Look forward to seeing you back here tomorrow for another edition of our show. For Sam Gormley, for B, I'm MB, and now you're in the know.